Welcome back to Return to Truth Podcast. I am your host, Clint Curry. Thank you very much for joining me today. Again, I would like to say if this is your first time here with me, then please allow me to welcome you to the show. And if you've listened to us before, I appreciate your continued loyalty to the Bible truth and this podcast and for coming back for more. And of course, if you haven't yet listened to our previous podcast episode or season for that matter, then please, please take some time to make sure you go back and give it a listen. The last episode that we recorded was season two, episode 17, and it was titled, A War on Peace. With that said, before we begin today's episode, we need to ask God to guide us into a better understanding of his word so we can try to interpret what he is telling us. So let's go ahead and start off with a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, help us to be light bearers, followers of Christ. Help us to push out all forms of darkness around us, no matter how innocent it may seem. We have fallen away. Lord, I ask that you will guide us back to you. And I pray all of these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. The title of today's episode is Calling Out Darkness. Halloween, All Hallows' Eve, the Day of the Dead, or even All Saints' Day, whatever you want to call it. On October 31st, every year people all over the world celebrate this day when the lights go out. They will dress up, put on costumes, eat mounds of sugar, get entertainment from watching horror movies, and, well, a whole lot more. Somehow, bedsheets find their way into trees. Spooky inflatables and skeletons line people's yards, and to top it off, red and orange lights cover houses. Death is just a stone throw away in every year you see it. Snickers, Reese's, Freddy and Jason, it's all here. And to some, well, that may sound like a good combination. Most will say it's completely innocent. No harm, no foul. It's just a costume. It's just a piece of candy. It's just for fun. It's just decorations. The kids enjoy it. It means nothing, they say. However, is that truly the case? To some, yes. You see, many don't know what it is they are actually celebrating. Most, if not all, do not fully understand or even really comprehend what it is that they are really doing on this day. They are, in a way, just going with the flow, blindly doing the things that they do because of tradition, and tradition continues. So what is the reason behind all of this, and does it even really matter? To answer that question, we need to ask another question. What is this day really all about? Well, to understand this better, we really need to revisit the roots. Okay, remember that. The roots, the origins of the day itself. So let's look back at how it all began. What it transitioned to, and of course what it is today. The good, the bad, and the ugly. So here we go. Let's get some insight on this further as we drill down into the shell of this candy coating and see what lurks beneath it. From the author of the article, 
Should a Christian celebrate Halloween? Deborah Hicks really lays it out here for us. Now, wait a moment. Before I begin, not a Christian, you say. Well, hang on a minute. This still includes you. Yes, even you. Don't exit the program just yet. We really should adjust the title of this to say, should anyone celebrate Halloween? And you'll understand a little bit more as we continue forward. Although the word Halloween means holy or hallowed evening, history shows us that nothing could be further from the truth. Halloween is clearly a relic of pagan times, and it has never reflected true Christian virtues. But maybe you are not a Christian. Does this really affect you? You bet it does. Let's read further together and find out how. She says here that the costumes connected with Halloween are most commonly traced to a festival celebrated by the Druid priest of the Celtic tribes that occupied northern and western Europe. This celebration, which dates back several centuries before Christ, began each year on October 31st and was called the Festival of Samhain, the Lord of Death. As part of their worship of Samhain, the Druid priest built huge bonfires on which both animals and humans were sacrificed. This barbaric practice continued openly for hundreds of years, until Rome conquered Britain and outlawed it. Years passed, and Rome continued to conquer new territory and increase in power. The power of each conquered nation were forced not only to become Roman citizens, but also to become members of the Roman Church. As you can imagine, these new converts cared little about Christianity and clung tenaciously to their cherished pagan practices. So, since the Roman Church was unable to get people to abandon their heathen festivals, it decided to sanctify some of them. The Druids' celebration in honor of the Lord of Death thus became All Saints' Day, which was to be observed by all churches. Officially, it was proclaimed a day to honor all the saints who had died, known or unknown. But in practice, it remained what it had always been, a pagan celebration of the Day of the Dead. So really, in all honesty, what we have here at the root of all of this is a day to worship the dead. But not just the dead, but death in itself as a whole. But it gets much worse. But for a moment, try to understand that. Death, the one thing that none of us looks forward to in life, the one thing that no one wants to happen to them. And yet, here we are, for some reason, wanting to set it up as an idol, celebrating it as if it were something to be memorialized. Some even go as far as to say that this is their favorite holiday of the year. Imagine that. Even if fake, why is there joy in death, horror, suffering, and fear? As we read on, it says here, the Celtic people believed that on the night of October 31st, demons, witches, and spirits of all those who had died within the past year roamed about freely. Most people were afraid to leave their homes on this night. Those who absolutely had to go out wore grotesque masks and terrifying costumes. They reasoned that if they looked horrible enough, the spirits would then think they were one of them 
and would do them no harm. Of course, over the years, others adopted those customs, and, well, commercialization came into play. That is where we are at today. It says here in 3 John chapter 1, verse 11, Beloved, do not imitate what is evil, but what is good. He who does good is of God, but he who does evil has not seen God. Reading further, it says throughout its history, Halloween has been thought of as the time when supernatural forces prevail. Anton LaVey, author of the Satanic Bible and High Priest, or shall I say CEO of the Church of Satan, says that the Satanists consider Halloween the most important day of the year. He says that on this night, Satanic occult and witchcraft power are at the highest potency level, and that any witch or occultist who has been having difficulty with a spell or curse can usually achieve success on October 31st because Satan and his powers are at their best that night. Um, okay, so why are we celebrating this again? If what I just read doesn't cause you to reconsider, just maybe a little bit, maybe the following from the statement from God will. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 11 says, Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. So let's do just that. Let's expose them. Since we are talking about Anton LaVey, Talking about Halloween, he was actually quoted as saying, I'm glad that Christian parents let their children worship the devil at least one night out of the year. That quote in itself coming from that man alone should be enough for you to pack up your child's Halloween costumes for good. Looking at another quote, this time from ex-Satanist John Ramirez, he actually warns us of the dangers of celebrating Halloween. Now, this is someone who has stepped outside of the satanic cult that he was in. He says, it's like having a one-night stand with the devil. Why would you want to cheat on Jesus? You don't see Satanists going to church one night a year to cheat on the devil, do you? No way. So, what's interesting about all of this is that he goes on to say, that Satanist will actually get together to cast spells and pray over the candy and costumes that you are buying from these retail stores. So apparently, there is a lot more that goes on behind the scenes at some of these abandoned retailers that once a year has a pop-up Halloween store in it. You know what I'm talking about. It's times like these I wish Toys R Us was still around. So looking further in the Bible at another verse, it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 14 and 15, For what do righteousness and wickedness have in common? Or what fellowship can light have with darkness? What harmony is there between Christ and the devil? Or what does a believer have in common with the unbeliever? Clearly, the rites and symbols of this holiday reveal that it is still a day that glorifies Satan. Look around you. Look, I get it. I was the exact same way. I can sympathize with you. I did it myself a number of times, actually. I dressed up as Neo in the Matrix, the Phantom of the Opera, 
a mobster, and many others. Putting on a costume, it changes you. It does something strange. It gives you a new identity. You become something that you never were before. Maybe something you could have never have been. That's part of the issue. When we do this, what we are saying is, what I am, what this world is, isn't good enough for me. So for a night, I will change who I am. Putting on this new identity then allows you to channel a new reality of a world, a life that doesn't exist. So where exactly have we heard this before? Who did the same thing? Oh yeah, that's right, it was Satan. Isaiah chapter 14 verses 13 through 14 says, You said in your heart, I will ascend to the heavens. I will raise my throne above the stars of God. I will sit enthroned on the mount of assembly. I will ascend above the tops of the clouds. I will make myself like the Most High. He tried to become like God, and in the end, he fell from heaven. So as we look further into this, another quote from Anton LaVey, the founder of the Church of Satan, himself declared that by dressing up, either by wearing a costume or by coloring oneself in celebration of Halloween, signifies that you allow Satan to own you. He further said that when you adopt the pagan practices like dressing up, you subconsciously dedicate yourself to the devil. Again, we see LaVey's statement is corroborated by former Satanist John Ramirez, who also said that when you dress up, even as an angel or a mermaid for Halloween, you give the devil the legal rights to change your identity. Ramirez further warned that there's much darker reality in Halloween beyond costumes and candy. John Ramirez is also quoted as saying, I was a general to the kingdom of darkness in witchcraft. I would sit with the devil and talk to him like I'm talking to you today. It was that kind of communication. It was that kind of a relationship. Now you might say that's a bit of a stretch, but I say rather a stretch than taking an eternal risk over a mini Twix and a carved pumpkin and some guy in a hockey mask. Now I'm not saying that there's something wrong with dressing up, or eating candy for that matter. Although we could probably make a case for that, my teeth are already hurting, but I digress. The point I'm trying to make here is that we need to know what we are celebrating. We need to understand the roots, the origins, and where this all comes from. Regardless of whether you're doing it for that reason or not, it is still part of the root of where you are at. If it wasn't for the roots, you wouldn't be doing it today. So as Christians, I really want you to think about this next part. Everywhere you look is something that is unholy, something dark, something evil. The movies, in them you find death, violence, murder, bloodshed, vile, twisted satanic things. The decorations portray the same things, skeletons, vampires, goblins, and ghosts. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5.22 says, Abstain from all appearances of evil. Not just evil, but even the appearances of evil. This means even the fake evil that you watch or hang up or put on. So my question is, where is your light? 
Why are you hiding it under all things that Christ died for? You know, as we read further in the Bible, it says in Peter chapter 2, verses 9, But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Christian believers have a moral responsibility to educate not only themselves, but also their children regarding the evil that comes with Halloween traditions, no matter how innocent and no matter how far down the roots grow. You see, whether you do it for Satan, for yourself, or for your children, you aren't doing it for God. These traditions will stick around like roots of a plant unless you dig them up. Okay, so we talked about the bad, we talked about the ugly, and the not-so-pleasant side of Halloween. But what about the good? Is there really any good that can come from it? Yes, there is. One man comes to mind, and that man is Martin Luther. Remember way back in Season 1, there was an episode called The Great Counterfeit. We discussed that with great evil comes great counterfeits. Well, Halloween is just one of the many counterfeits the devil has in play here. So what good is he actually trying to cover up? The Reformation. 500 years ago, on October 31st, 1517, a Roman Catholic monk named Martin Luther posted a list of what we might call challenges to the authority of his church's leaders. In doing so, he ended up showing his true courage when he nailed those challenges, his 95 Theses, to the door of the church in Wittenberg, Germany, in order to protest things like indulgences and other non-biblical practices and traditions endorsed by the Roman Catholic Church. So as we continue to read about Luther and the Reformation, we see here from the AF blog archives, it says, that Luther and his contemporaries openly distanced themselves from some of the church's more objectionable practices, particularly the notion that donations to the church would trigger indulgences that release the soul of a departed loved one from purgatory so that it might continue a post-death journey to heaven. Where did Luther find the basis for his dissent? In the Bible. And apart from the fact that some practices and teachings actually contradicted the Bible, Luther was also distressed over the physical and financial toll these traditions took on those who were least able to afford it. Paying to ransom a soul from torment might seem noble, but not when it puts a peasant family in financial danger. Praying on one's knees is commendable, but not when it involves a procession up the steep staircase of a church in Rome, simply because it was believed that such physical exertion was more helpful than direct communication with God. The cost involved in such a pilgrimage, let alone the physical toll, was quite substantial in those times. Perhaps most important, Luther was anxious to see the Bible available to everyday people and not just the clerical class or those wealthy enough to afford a hand-copied set of scriptures. 
The Bible's pages showed Martin Luther many precious truths he felt and had been hidden from the majority of believers, and the Reformer didn't want that understanding to be hidden any longer. The Protestant Reformation quickly blossomed from there. People soon had access to the Bible truths in their own language. These noble and commendable goals of the Reformation were not only important ideals, but they also changed the lives of people around the globe. The fires lit by Luther's opposition sparked the dissemination of Scripture and its truths around the world, leading to missionary efforts that crossed continents and oceans and setting the stage for revelation and discovery that have reached down even to our own day. So why exactly does this matter more than Halloween? More than candy, more than costumes, and yes, more than Charlie Brown's It's the Great Pumpkin. Because October 31st marks a pivotal spot in religious history. The Reformation was a significant religious and social movement that profoundly impacted Christianity. It began with figures like Martin Luther and spread out to those like John Calvin leading the way to what it is today. On October 31st, 1517, Martin Luther released his 95 powerful statement defending authentic Christian faith against misleading religious practices. That is why. His actions were the catalyst for the Protestant Reformation and inspired countless believers to pursue true repentance and a biblical foundation for their faith. So as we continue to read further about this, here are three key points to take away from this. Three points about the Reformation and its importance to not only Christians, but also to anyone who holds a Bible in their hands today. Number one is doctrinal reform. The Reformation was sparked by concerns about the corruption and practices of the Catholic Church. Reformers like Martin Luther criticized issues such as the sale of indulgences, forgiveness for sins, and the authority of the Pope. Number two, sola scriptura, the whole premise of this entire podcast is one of the central tenets of the Reformation, which emphasized the Bible as the ultimate source of authority in matters of faith and practice. This led to the translation of the Bible into vernacular languages, making it more accessible to the common people. And number three, religious freedom. The Reformation played a significant role in the eventual development of religious freedom in many parts of the world. The idea that individuals could interpret the Bible for themselves contributed to the broader concept of religious liberty. So in summary, the Reformation matters because it reshaped the Christian faith, emphasizing key principles like the authority of the Bible and the right of individuals to interpret the Scripture. It has also played a crucial role in the historical development of religious freedom and the modern world. Instead of celebrating Halloween, this might be a good time for Christians to rediscover the roots of our Reformation, the roots that actually matter. This is what Satan is trying to overshadow on Halloween, because without this, we may very well have been stuck in the Dark Ages. As Christians, we are taught to be the light of the world. In Matthew chapter 5, verses 14 through 16, it reads, You are the light of the world. 
A city set on a mountain cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and then put it under a bushel basket. It is set on a lampstand, where it gives light to all in the house. Just so, your light must shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your heavenly Father. So as a light of the world, we are supposed to be calling out darkness. So why in the world are we dressing up in it? That's all for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. We have so much more coming your way. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram. Just search the name at return underscore to underscore truth and look for the logo. So feel free to drop us a Bible question and we will answer it here on the show. You can also leave a comment or even request a shout out. You can find Return to Truth on many different podcast apps. Just search Return to Truth and look for the logo. Make sure to follow this podcast channel on any of those apps or websites to stay up to date. Don't forget to then comment and rate because I want to hear from you. And please, please share this podcast as much as you can. Of course, remember to stay tuned as we return to truth.